people just like you have taken the brave step to do this thing we call work differently. They tell their self-unlimited story to inspire and encourage you. Another story begins now. Nisha, it's lovely to see you again and catch up on your self-unlimited journey. Oh, thanks for having me over, Helen. This has been an absolute pleasure. Great. So, how is the world of Nisha Unlimited? Nisha Unlimited is evolving with every day at this stage, but at this point in time, I can very happily say that I'm in a very good space. Excellent. Nisha Unlimited is um, is energized, mm -hmm. is um, excited, sees a lot of possibilities, and most importantly, um, uh, is open to exploration. And this has been a journey for you. I remember when we had a conversation about two years ago, which was one of those triggers, I won't say it was the only trigger, for this journey. Do you want to give us a bit of a reflection back to that? Oh, yeah. Takes me back a, a, a few years. So I think that was around 2016, if I'm not mistaken, from memory. And leading up to that conversation we had, Helen, um, uh, I knew that, you know, I was doing well, I was successful, and I was ticking all the right boxes off. Um, but something wasn't sitting well with me. Um, I, I'm a fairly positive person, so whatever my situation was, I believed in the fact that I was being valued and I was growing, mm -hmm. um, and that you know if the opportunities weren't there, it was circumstantial and nobody was at fault. I think the conversation we had, which was a little bit of a wake-up call that said, do you think you've got more to offer? And I think you do, and I, I think you should value yourself a little bit more, was a was a real wake-up call for me that actually put me out for about a week. Um, uh, I, I, I could quite comfortably say I think I might have been depressed for a week. <laughs> <laughs> I remember getting a message from you and you said that it would have put you in a little bit of a spiral because of the, the things that I had shared with you. Yeah, and, and you know, when you think you're actually valued and when you think you're doing a good job, to then discover that actually all that you believed in may have been a projection of your own belief system as opposed to something that was truly a, a fact mm. um, is quite demoralizing and it, it really brings you down. And then you, you, you sit there and you, you sit and think, what have I been doing? Mm. You know, and, and have I been channeling all my honesty and energy in a path that is not valued ultimately? I remember the conversation was particularly around I asked you what you wanted to be known for and how opportunities you might be wanting to attract to yourself and because I had some understanding of the situation in which you were working and some of the players and I reflected back to you that's not how they're seeing you that's not how this therefore they're not creating or allowing those opportunities so then the situation arises do you want them to see you differently do what could, might you do to let them know about the kind of opportunities you were creating yeah and I think when we had that conversation Helen it, it, the thing that you urged me to do or the thing that you encouraged me to do was to brand myself in a certain way. Now, to be honest, I didn't think, I didn't feel empowered enough to brand myself in another way at that point in time, partly because I felt I already branded myself in that way. Mm. And that was, the, that was the difficulty I had because I thought I was projecting what I wanted to be seen as. Mm. How I was not being seen as that was absolutely baffling to me. Mm. So I had to take a really hard look at what I was doing and not doing and work out what does that really mean for me. Mm. And I landed with the decision that probably the environment I was in was not conducive for me to rebrand myself. Mm. It's, it's something that happens, you know, when you grow up as a child in an environment, 
to let that child go and see an adult is sometimes a little bit difficult. Mm. And so you tend to see the child always as a child. Mm. I think when you're in a job for a very long time, you, or, or, or any, anything that you do, an organization, a commitment, a relationship, whatever that looks like, when you're in there and you've grown through the traps, yes. uh, getting to that point where you acknowledge that person has grown up and you let that go and you see them in a different light mm. is not always very easy. Mm. Um, and so part of me kind of went, if I'm not going to be seen differently here, then I need to do something different. Mm. And that was probably the trigger for me to start to then go, okay, I'm not going to rebrand myself or reinvigorate myself in this environment what else can I do? I need to get out of this environment mm. and do something else. Now, my challenge was, and this is where the Scenario 2 works for me a lot better, mm. the Scenario 2 workscape where, practically speaking, I could not let my job go. Mm. I had a good job. Um, I actually liked the subject matter, what I was doing, and I liked my job. It's just that I wasn't feeling like I was having a lot of growth. I had reached a certain point. So, And, and I'm a person who likes to learn, who likes to grow, who mm. likes to reinvest in myself. And... And discover new things um, because I think that's the only way I can add value back again so I started looking outside and my two options were either find another job yeah that would give me the opportunities I'm looking for and failing which find other ways of growing myself through an extracurricular activity um, what ended up happening was serendipitously I had an opportunity offered to me that saw my professional skill set that could lend itself to a volunteer organization. Excellent. Funnily, at the same time, also, I had another job opportunity. So really, two opportunities opened up. But the, but the one that's really made me grow over time is really the volunteer opportunity, and that's what I want to talk about. Yeah. I think particularly, too, because sometimes with extracurricular activities, the value can actually be, I already have a skill set that I'm not able to use or I have a disposition and a personality that the current job and the current organisation has no need for. And that's not to say that current organisation where you're working as an employee is bad. They're getting what they need and you went to work for them for whatever reason that is. But that's not to say that there's not more that you would like to do and express and that you might actually want to do it not through some paid kind of work because it actually might speak to some values around having social impact and giving back. So oh, uh, it's wonderful that you had this opportunity with the volunteer organization absolutely right and you know the the organization i was 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 fantastic it really gave me a lot of growth opportunities in the subject matter that i was in and the skills that i was looking to develop i had a phenomenal time with them and i had some wonderful experiences with them there was just a point where i got to where there were other things i wanted to explore and those opportunities didn't present itself in the organization, and that's where looking out was an important. Now, I've joined Girl Guides Victoria, Girl Guides Australia, as a volunteer. Um, the role that I was um, offered was that of a region manager, which is a management role. Now, from a professional standpoint, that's a real opportunity to have a seat at the management table and gives you a leadership growth yeah. as well. And so the attraction of taking a role like that was quite high. Mm. Uh, did I know what I was stepping myself into? I thought I had the skill set and the management's um, nows to be able to deal with, and I thought I should be able to handle this. Um, as I stepped in the organization and the role, uh, the challenges started to unfold, and I had to learn so many different things about the context of the environment, about myself, mm. about how I deal with volunteers. And, you know, dealing with a volunteer organization and dealing with a corporate organization is fundamentally different. Indeed. So not only did I get to experience a, a management role um, with a lot of responsibility and accountability, I was learning an entire ecosystem mm. 
mm. in a different space. Now, just to contextualize, Helen, I was a I was a guide as a as a young girl. Right. I had spent most of my time my childhood and youth being a guide yes. so for me it was a homecoming and to be honest I was really excited I thought I was going to really you know fit in quite easily and yes. nicely I've got management skills I've got yes. guide skills surely this is going to work but it's been an absolute learning journey for me mm. despite having those things and what that tells me is that there's no end to being able to renew yourself as you go along mm. and renewal is not just from a point of finding a new way of fulfilling yourself mm. but it's also refreshing your skills revising the things you could do once upon a time but yes. you, you're not it's not what you practice and yeah you and i have had this conversation in the past before where you might be really good at a certain skill yes uh, like analysis and then you shift to being a strategic operator and so what you're accessing is that strategic thinking yes as your primary skill sets and that's sharper than your analysis skills yeah. at, at a certain point in time. And sometimes you just want to take those out of the closet and resharpen those tools to use them. Pretty much, exactly that's what it was. So I walked in and the, the interesting thing on the journey here is that um, there was the balancing act of my normal life, mm -hmm. um, my family life and the volunteer life as a whole. So it, it was challenging at the start um, because uh, like any any change there is a period of adjustment there is a period of learning and absorption and I'm imagining there was some negotiation there with your family in terms of okay you know that I'm spending these hours of the week doing the thing that brings in the money but now I'm adding this other thing to it that actually is going to bring me some personal value which you know might spill into other parts of my life including my family life oh thanks for reminding me of that Helen let me <laughs> let me just talk you through what that conversation kind of looked like well, I was so keen to take on something that would renew me, and when this opportunity was presented and the job description was in front of my, in my hands, I looked at it and I went, this is a full-time job. Right. And I looked at my husband and I went, do you reckon I could just quit working and just do this full-time, <laughs> and how would you feel about that? And he almost flipped and he went, he, he, he still contained his emotion, and he said, do you want to look at it and see if you could do it in a different way? <laughs> Because obviously the option of me not working was not an option for yeah, him. Yeah. And so that brought home the realities of practicalities about, you know, having a family life and, yeah. and a mortgage and all of that. And so consciously I said, all right, then what if I dropped to four hours, four, four days a week mm. and therefore had a day available and, and you know, we, we'd figure that out. And that was palatable. So we, we, we mutually agreed on that. That sounds very much like you're shaping an alternative workscape for Nisha Unlimited. Indeed. It was definitely an alternative workscape. And, and really, conversations with friends, um, with um, family, with my husband as well. And also, I always had a personal desire when my daughter was born that there would be a point in my life mm. where I would drop my hours to four days yep. so I had more flexibility on the home front. But also, uh, in a growing up as a child, I'd set myself a bit of a goal that, you know, by the time I'm about 40, mm. I really want to be in a position where I can give back nice. to community and to society. I, I didn't know what that was going to look like, but I knew I wanted to do that. Mm. Um, and there was an opportunity that presented itself on a silver platter for me, mm. which was, hello, would you like to come and apply your skills? Help us be more organized and you can grow and develop as well. By the way, we do a lot of community work and this is a space that you have a history in, so welcome home. It's interesting you said handed on a silver platter because people listening to this might be thinking, well, Nisha was just very lucky. That's never happened to me. And I wonder whether there's something about the fact that you are opening up your mind and allowing a curiosity that maybe there were other opportunities that may have been on the horizon that you missed. 
So how I'm going to phrase this may not resonate with very scientific people, but let's just put it this way. Yes. I have a mindset where if you if you put it out to the universe, the universe will answer you a little bit. And I think that is, you know, people talk about mind over matter, mm. right? And I think it's so important for you to really believe what you want to achieve first. Mm. If you have that mindset and a belief system, you will naturally gravitate to making things happen. Mm. What I did, it wasn't handed to me, mm. but what I did was I knocked on the door and said, can I volunteer? Mm. Right? So I took an action and I took a step. Prior to me saying, can I volunteer, the conversation we had gave mm. me gave me the wake-up call to say, I need to do something. Mm. And Honestly, as you and I know, it took me a good year mm. to adjust my mindset to shift from how do I let go a stable working career mm. to having a flexible, multifaceted yeah. workscape. And I think, too, it wasn't that you arrived directly at a question of what can I do to volunteer. It was an even more basic, simple question of what could I do differently that opened up the space? Because I think sometimes people believe when they hear stories, and it's easy when you look retrospectively, like, oh, it all just fell into place like it was meant to be. And I know from conversations you and I have had since about that questioning and being with the questions. Do you want to enlighten us? Absolutely. Gosh, it was such a journey. And you're, you're 100% right. It was never, it didn't start off with, I need to change, I'm going to volunteer. The answers just appeared. Yeah, absolutely not. It was, I need to, I need to, it all started with, this doesn't feel right and this doesn't feel like it's doing me any good mm. and I don't see how I'm going to grow. The driver, the trigger for me was growth. Yeah. Absolutely, it was about growth. So I think as a person, I'm very strong on that whole renewal mm. aspect of it. So I was seeking that and I was mm. searching that and I was open to having that in any shape or form. Mm. What and, and so what I started to do was um, I had a friend who I hooked up with um, over, over a conversation and who had a business idea that we wanted to explore that was the trigger of oh maybe this is it yeah maybe yeah. this is what is going to help me shape something different because it's exciting but as we journeyed to try to shape that we realized six months in that um, we didn't quite align in terms of our priorities and what we wanted to achieve at that point in time neither was wrong mm. it was just different and so we shook hands and we said, all right, didn't work out. We explored. We learned something yep. good and bad. Um, in my very first job, my manager had told me uh, a very wise thing, which I take it with me. Knowing what you want is important, but knowing what you don't want is equally important. Mm. Yeah, that's a great lesson to yeah. learn and to live. Because I think sometimes people think, if I just found the right thing, I would know, and then I would start acting. And what I love about your story was... There was no question about what was right or wrong. It was just, why don't I try this? Something exactly. is presented, I'll let explore. And if it got to a point where it didn't necessarily fulfill, there was no sense of like, oh, it was a failure. Correct. It's something, I've now learned something yes. that's not right for now. And it could be, might be right for later. It's not that it was not right at all. And this is the thing, right? There's success in your rise and fall. Mm. It, you know, it, What is success? Exactly. Because the learning that you get out of that experience tells you something about you about what you're looking for and mm. about what is working for you or not, mm. rather than resigning yourself to doing it because you, you've just said you're going to do it. Yeah. And sometimes I think we can fall into that rut a little bit, and mm. that, that's, that's probably where I was. There was a path I'd carved out, there was a goal I was hitting, and there was a trajectory I was trying to hit, and I was doing the right thing, and I was honest to that, and I was going with the flow on that. Somewhere along the course of that path, I was hitting all the tick boxes, but it probably wasn't fulfilling mm. me as a person. And 
intellectually I normalize that, but emotionally and, you know, mm. at, the, at, the, at the core of my being, um, I knew it wasn't right. And it can be difficult, I think, to stop and ask those questions. Um, I've talked to other people when they've been on a self-unlimited journey and they've indicated that it was confronting. Oh, totally. Confronting, it was confusing, and it was hard to process as well. Mm. Um, very, very challenging. But there, you're at that junction and you go, I can either face this and wade through it. Mm. I'm not even going to go swim or sink. <laughs> but you're literally... Dog paddle. Dog paddling through it, right? But it takes a lot of courage and it takes, takes a sense of um, will to go... This is not about succeeding or failing. Mm. This is about discovering. Mm. And if you have that mindset, then nothing you do is going to ever be wrong. Yeah, you'll, you'll discover something. Exactly. You might discover something that you kind of go, it doesn't work for me, and then you put it in the never going to go down that path bucket. Or you discover something that said, oh, that's a maybe pile, mm. so I'll, I'll keep exploring that. And then you go, and another part goes, yes, this feels good. Yep. How can I have more of yep. that? How can I make more of this part of my life? This podcast series is called Stories of the Brave, and it's specifically for that reason, because I think some of the bravery is not, oh, I figured out where I'm going to go, and there is just the journey. I think some of the bravery is, I haven't figured out where I'm going. Maybe I'll never figure out where I'll go. What I have to do is think about what can I do today to either manage how I'm feeling or and or take a step in a direction. So how is it for you? Is there maybe some tips you can share with people about what it is to wade? What did you have to do? <laughs> the big sigh there? Oh, it is a big sigh. Look, I will be very honest, right? If I reflect back in 2015, 2016, uh, really that, that the start of that journey was in 2016, we're in 2018, right? Mm -hmm. I can confidently hand on my heart say that in 2016 when I was trying to wade, mm. all I was doing was not choosing to wade. Right. Because it was daunting, it was unpredictable, it was frightening, and it, you couldn't conceive what that would look like at the end of the day. And so, and, and part of why that partnership with my friend didn't, didn't fully work out was I wasn't willing to take a massive leap of faith. Right. I couldn't um, because I had practicalities that I had to balance off. But what I tried to do was do it in bite sizes. Just, nice. just try to pick... A nice tip for people. Exactly. Pick a bite size. Pick a bite size, you know. Um, commit a little bit, and if it gets daunting, pace it out. Mm -hmm. And maybe try to tell yourself, you don't have to get there quickly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's a really yep. important thing. And do you know what? That's a massive learning for me, Helen, because yep. I am, as you know, yep. <laughs> a driver of outcomes, yep. which means I set, I set a goal. And, I, and it's how quick can you get there? I carve my path and then I race to the finish line, right? So yep. for me, to not have an end game that's crystal clear, that I'm constantly refining and reshaping mm. and redesigning um, and exploring to kind of go what might it be mm. was a real journey for me. And I kind of go, well, I'm not getting there quick enough. And that was the fear factor back then. I'm not getting there quick enough. Am I actually going to become free when I want to be free? So giving yourself some different expectations rather than maybe some old expectations about how far you're going to progress. And some of those expectations might be, I don't have to move fast or move in a particular sense of a known correct direction. And honestly speaking, Helen, talking to you had made a big difference because every time I was trying to kind of 
get to that point, just having you normalize that to kind of go, do you need to? I remember this one conversation was, oh, I need to do a course and I need to learn, but they won't fund me and I don't have the funds to do it. And you went, do they have to fund you? Why wouldn't you put a niche and limited funds aside to fund the things you want to do? And I went, I never thought of it like that because all I ever thought about was that's going to be out of my pocket. Right. And I'm never going to... Um, fun for any development that's out of my pocket because I'm working for someone, they have trading budget, surely, especially if it's aligned to the job, they can fund me. But that was another fundamental shift in my mindset yeah. where I kind of went, hang on, I am the master of my own growth. I am the master of my own development and for as long as I rely on anybody else to create that pathway for me, I am always dependent on them for my growth. And therefore, it's important for me to take accountability for my own growth and seek it out myself. Mm. Now, and I remember you actually took the step on that and you followed up and said to me, I want to tell you, I've booked into a course and I've taken a day off work and I've taken on my annual leave and I've paid for the course myself. And you were so excited that Indeed. you had actually um, made that idea real. Exactly. And interestingly, it was a course that was actually relevant for my job, but, um, but due to circumstances, they couldn't fund for it. But that didn't stop me, and that was the first step I took. Such power, eh? It was. It was that commitment to say, do you know what? I'm going to take it out of my own pocket and do this. And I questioned, I wondered, but I said, you know, ultimately I'll get some value out of it. When I went for the course and I met a whole bunch of people there who were very similar, um, you know, looking to grow and so forth, it really energized me, and I came back. But shortly after that was when this opportunity came up for me at the volunteer organization. So courses aside, I had a real opportunity to apply myself and get into the mix of it. Now, when I first got to this organization, when I first got to the first meeting at Guides, um, what I saw was a whole bunch of passionate people Mm. that um, were really keen to move forward. And I thought, you know what, maybe I could contribute some of my skills. Mm. Some way internally, I guess, it was playing out that, you know, this is my opportunity to give back. Mm -hmm. This is my opportunity to step into something that I could grow into. Mm. And this is a whole different environment for me to throw myself in and learn. Mm. Why not? I love that aspect of renewal that comes out there because I think sometimes the renewal responsibility is going on courses. And I very much believe sometimes it's taking what you already know and trying in a different context, giving back. Because you've mentioned a lot there about learning and I'm seeing it's probably sort of those micro learning moments. It's not learning because they provided a training course. It's that you discovered my skills that I had when they're in this context, maybe they don't work quite the same way. Or there's a different challenge here now. So how can I use those differently? And I know you have quite a creative strategy to use that problem solving ability. And it's interesting you bring that up because let me admit it, when I took on the role and I walked into the role, I did not think about applying my skills differently. Right. I, I applied it in its purest sense. Yep. It was only after applying and seeing whether it's working or not did I get the feedback mechanism to kind of know, hang on, I actually need to apply it completely differently. And in this environment, um, you know, I need to draw on my relationship skills as well, mm. internally and externally. And it started to then shift my mold from being outcome-focused to being more people-focused. Again, another growth and development area I was looking to achieve, Mm. which I hadn't planned to achieve in this role at all. It had um, the the experience created the opportunity Mm. to explore that. And then I was back to, again, reflecting on, hang on, What's my reen here? What, what's, what's the outcome I'm trying to achieve here? So I'm hearing that you learned something very valuable that you didn't walk in thinking you had an intention to learn. Not at all. And not only did I not have an intention to learn, 
it also became the focal point of what was making me feel alive. Wow. And that is probably the biggest learning journey to share in this, um, uh, in this scenario two workscape that I've gone through, where I was completely open to growth, yep. full stop. What that growth looked like, I had no idea. Mm. I thought I had an idea at a certain point in time, but as the growth unfolded, there were other things I started to experience and grow into mm. and grow towards. And that was what um, opened up my um, mindset to kind of going, all right, let's explore this and let's explore this and let's explore this. And for every time I took a step to explore, I learned something else, mm. something about myself, something about where I want to be yeah. and what I'm passionate about, something about how I'm more alive or not. But most importantly, something that makes me want to get up and do more. That was what I was missing. Yep. Um, and, and, and just opening up myself to being okay about trying something that I didn't know where it was going to go, but I knew I had a platform to experience and explore, was giving me that. So this is a different version of Nisha than other people around you, your family and your friends and your colleagues had experienced. Is there any thoughts that you might give of what it's like to have people, you mentioned people are very important, to have people support around you while you are changing and exploring this change for yourself? Uh, yes, I can definitely share that. So one of the things that happens when you're doing in Workscape 2 is you become time poor a little bit. Mm. And that's a fact, right? Because you're juggling a full-time job and you're juggling a volunteer job. Um, in my role as region manager, I need to... Um, uh, basically, I've got about seven districts across the eastern region, yeah. and they range from Yarra Ranges to Monash. I, I have to, um, part of my role is to go and visit these uh, yeah. different different districts and meet people, attend events, run meetings, attend management meetings, etc., which is great experience, but it also means I do it after hours. Mm. Um, so many of my evenings um, are taken up either visiting areas mm. or doing some work on the laptop, and sometimes it's even on the weekend. Mm. That chews into family time a little bit, yep. but the but what's happened in the home front is uh, my husband and my daughter have both embraced the fact that I'm getting uh, some reward out of this, mm. and they have also participated and come along to support me. Great. My friends, on the other hand, they they realise that I'm time poor, but they now make time for when I'm available mm. to then have a discussion. But also the beauty of it is they are um, benefiting from my growth. Mm and the journey and the energy that I've got to share with them to then reinvest in them for their own growth. Cool. Um, so it's like a snowball effect, if yeah. you like. So if I'm, and and part of my journey was I wanted to actually improve my well-being. Mm. And when I say well-being, I wasn't like ill or anything of that sort. But it's just, you know, being happy with what you're doing in life and being fulfilled, yeah. if you like. So when you're in that headspace of feeling more fulfilled and more connected, um, when you're around people, you tend to just have that energy about you. So the goodness is spreading. A little bit, or yeah. I, I hope it is. <laughs> um, uh, I have also learned to actually uh, be mindful of how much energy and passion I want to share, because, and that's another learning I didn't bargain for, because, mm. um, as you know, Helen, I'm, I'm a highly extroverted, passionate, and you know, a little energizer bunny, and when I'm all um, charged up, I can be quite fiery. Yeah. Um, but I've also learned along this journey that not everybody has the ability to absorb such energy mm. and learning how to manage that has also, or learning, having the awareness to know to manage that has been a, a, an enlightenment mm. on its own. 
I knew it theoretically. Yeah. I knew I had to get there. Did I care enough about it? Is a different story. Yeah. Um, and I know whilst that sounds harsh, it's. I think what I'm trying to say here really is when you're outcome focused and you're driving towards an outcome, mm -hmm. um, balancing a lot of things, especially with people, uh, mm -hmm. is can be can be um, something overlooked from time to time. Mm -hmm. You don't intend to. Your your focus is mm -hmm. on the outcome. And we've had our own little learning journey there when I think about the workscape of Helen Unlimited, yeah. that I'm introvert in the terms of my energy, that you and I have had to find a way when we've wanted to come together where I remember there was once you said, hey, let's have lunch. And then you said, and I'm going to invite these other people. And I came back to you and said, I'd love to catch up with you, Nisha, but if you're going to invite these other people, no, I have only have it within me to have a one-to-one -one lunch. Oh, that, that, that was quite a learning there, Helen. When you said that, I was like, uh-oh, did I upset you? Or are you upset with the people? And I remember... Uh, and it was neither of those. It was neither of those. And the follow-up <laughs> conversation was, no, I just need some time for myself. And that's how I'm exercising that. Well, and that for me, a one-to-one -one conversation has more value to me than Indeed. a one-to-five conversation. And, and I love catching up with you. And likewise, Helen, I always feel invigorated after we yeah. chat. So, yeah. so, yeah, so that's been a bit of my journey. And, you know, what, what, I, what I'd like to just... Um, reach out to anyone who's basically even contemplating um, about doing something different from what they are in their mm -hmm. lives at the moment. Um, if Workscape 2 is something that resonates with you or you're even mildly considering, which is in introducing a new activity or a hobby in your life, mm -hmm. um, the, the, the three things that I would suggest for you to do is firstly, um, be okay mm -hmm. with it taking its own course and time yep. as opposed to trying to make it happen quickly. Yep. Secondly, be open to the fact that um, there is one or two things you're looking to get out of this change in your life. In my case, it was learning and growth. Yes. Whatever that might look like. It might be meeting new people. Mm. It might be extending your networks. It might be developing a new skill. Indeed. And that's your call, what that looks like. But if you're clear about what you're looking to get out of it, you can always come back to that as a central point to kind mm. of go, Am I, am I getting that? Mm. And if you are getting that, and you know, if you're getting that in spades, um, it's okay. You mm. are actually achieving without necessarily achieving an outcome, mm. and that's great. And the third thing I would say is be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself because there are so many points in this journey that will feel like, oh, this is too hard. Mm. Um, you know, when you're juggling family and you're trying to do something and you kind of go, I don't have time, or when you've got deadlines and everything's on the same day and you kind of go there's just so much of me I have to give and not enough mm. to get back those days can be hard mm. or for that matter you've got crisis everywhere mm. but that doesn't mean the world ends mm. at that point in time and that doesn't mean that your decision to introduce something in your life is the wrong decision mm. it just means you've had a bad day yeah and it just means for that moment some things didn't go right and all you need to do is sit back and unpack that to kind of go, well, what does this really mean? Mm. Is there significant change I need to navigate through this? Do I need to take some time off? Mm. Or can I just figure this out? And I did that, you know, in October, my work exploded mm. in terms of workload. And I had guides going on as well. And interestingly, it was the Are You OK week. OK. And um, I was feeling extremely overwhelmed with all the demands that was, mm. that was on my plate. And I made a choice at that time. I sent my um, 
CEO and Chief uh, State Commissioner and the COO an email and I said, are you okay? I said, on this day I'm reaching out to you to let you know I am very overwhelmed with everything that's going on in my life and work and I am I may be dropping the ball in some uh, places or not because I'm not putting 100% focus but can you tell me if there's anything urgent and pertinent that I need to look at or if I'm dropping the ball and call out to me because my headspace isn't there to drive that as much. And they were very supportive to come back and said, that's fine, we understand. And it's about acknowledging the position you're in. Now, look, if your extracurricular activity doesn't allow you to do that, there are other ways to figure that mm. out. But I think the important thing was I reached out for support yes, rather than kept it in me yep. and just figured out how to deal with it. Yep. I put it out there to the people that... Um, had some level of accountability to know I'm in this state, mm. I'm going to do my best, mm. but I'm letting you know that I am at risk of probably dropping the ball. You know, it's no different to in your normal work when your workload's not right and you need to escalate up. Mm. Life is a little bit like that. And sometimes when you've got non-formal structures, yes. you don't know who and where to escalate it up to. Which is a very strong point of power from the Self Unlimited, is you're taking on the responsibility without those formal structures of deciding where you escalate up to or how to be kind to yourself, because nobody else is going to drive that, that's for you to drive. Yeah, exactly. And so, acknowledge where you're at, mm. acknowledge the challenges you're facing, and reach out. Mm. And I think that, that's the key thing. Take time out if you need to, but don't let those moments put you off into believing and exploring mm. and driving a different way of becoming a newer you. Mm. And that, I think, is probably my biggest takeaway mm. out of this journey. And, you know, it was challenging, and there were times where I kind of thought, am I going to see the end of the light to this role? And I've come out of that tunnel kind of going, do you know what? It was hard, it was challenging, but it's so rewarding to be able to work with a bunch of passionate people, passionate women, mm. who are driving and supporting the growth of girls, youth, and leaders to develop in ways, not one or two ways, but mm. in n number of ways. Mm. You know, we're the only organization that is over 100 years old, that's all women, and it's globally accessible over 10 million girls. Mm. Um, how lucky are we to be in a position like that and, and, and the opportunity to actually support an organization mm -hmm. like that. But you know, if, if you're looking for opportunities to grow, there's plenty of things to do in, in an environment like this. You just have to keep your mind and your eyes open. And what I'm hearing is Girl Guides would be very open to anybody who'd like to come and volunteer and help. Absolutely, <laughs> Helen. So Girl Guides Victoria is, um, uh, is very happy to uh, chat to anyone who's interested to explore new skills and 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 here's an here's a flavor of skills that you could consider you could choose to work in a management capacity and that's sort of where my journey has been you're looking for that step up but you haven't actually had the opportunity yeah. um you can come into a management role like a district manager or region manager and go through the process of learning in a safe environment in a supported environment if you're looking for people management skills i cannot recommend a better organization because yep. volunteer organizations is all about managing the paper yep. right so you'll develop that on the other hand if you just want to um, give back to community and support the work there's a lot of activities that we run where you can participate in helping with a unit yep. in terms of providing your service or putting your hands up for skills like marketing yep. and graphics design and website design and recruitment 
there's there's all kinds of opportunities that we can carve out as tasks for you to give your time. Brilliant. Well, that sounds like a wonderful place to stop. Thanks for telling us about Scenario 2 of Nisha Unlimited. My pleasure, Helen, and thanks for having me here today and on the journey. Workscapes are changing everywhere. For more goodness to change your workscape, visit www.beselfunlimited.com and follow us on Twitter at Be Self Unlimited.